Hello and welcome to Kohler Commentary. Today I'm joined by Dr. Matt Kohler. Hello, I'm back. Back again. Tell <laughs> no know, friend. Do you have any idea what that song is? Yeah, Slim Shady, Eminem. Huh. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so I invited Matt back on because we received so many encouraging messages from our first Marriage Reflections podcast episode back in April when we were celebrating our four-year anniversary. And I thought it would be cool to have quarterly check-ins with one another, especially as we had shared all the transitions that were ahead for us this year. Practicing that within our own marriage and even being able to continue using this podcast to be vulnerable as a couple as well because it was so encouraging to hear feedback and also asking for more of these types of episodes. So good job, Matt. You got a lot of great feedback actually more than I did. So well, I just follow the lead of the expert here. But I'm excited to be back. I like talking to you about these things <laughs> and I don't do it on my own. So this is the one chance I get. So one of the main reasons that I chose this timing was because like we shared back in April, we had announced kind of we are pregnant with baby number two. We were going to move cities. We were going to do like things like potty training. Then Matt's going to start full-time work. And then we have another child and all these different transitions. And so I think with those things, especially reflecting for me, is those transitions actually create anxiety points or like trigger points for me in our relationship because I think I kind of get like scared of what's going to happen in those times. I just thought those would be like natural check-ins that ended up being quarterly within. With that, our check-in that we're doing today is we just moved cities. Yep, I'm a Dallasonian now. Yeah, I actually don't know what Dallas people are called. Dallasites? Because Houstonians. MFFLs. MFFLs. They have a song like D-Town Boogie. Yeah. Who sings that? I have no idea. Oh, well, you're not in the times. Um, And so with that, I wanted to kind of ask each other because to be very transparent, I think... I think starting after that podcast episode in April, kind of in May, there had started to be more conflict when it was especially centered around the topic of moving and how to prepare for that. And so I wanted to open up the floor and talk about what was the most difficult thing about this moving transition for each of us? How did we grow from this transition? And what did we learn about each other from this transition? I think for me, I mean, I guess it was just like how it made us interact with each other. Like the move was a lot. And I mean, even from the beginning, I think we like do moving timing very differently. I think your way is the much better way, but I kind of am okay with it slowly coming together and then figuring on like the day of or the day before, like, you know, we'll be able to make everything work. So it just causes a lot of tension because expectations are just so different. And I think what I've learned lately is just how hurt you can feel when I do something like in my own way of thinking and I don't really consider yours or I don't really emphasize yours because that feels just kind of like an attack towards your your mind and your body i think because it it feels like i'm not considering those things so i think the the moving transition just led to a lot of that just kind of being on different pages on how to do things and that probably escalated the most or more the further it got so when the big days happened the big stressful long days that caused 
a lot of tension and a lot of conflict. So I, I did get more and more excited about it. I think I grew interested and excited about the idea of living in Dallas and just kind of starting things from scratch and transitioning to this new stage of life with work and a new kid and all these things. So yeah, I think that's kind of was hard for me. I think transition and moving in general is difficult. Something I was able to reflect on recently was in general, I think transition for us in our relationship resulted in poor communication and maybe difference in expectation of what these transitions could look like, right? And so I think I put this unfair anxiety upon myself and in turn then upon even our relationship as we moved forward because once we got the house, that was exciting, right? And we technically were able to own this house starting in May, which then made my mind race with like, okay, what can we do? How can we make this move easier? Because I am pregnant, we have a toddler, we have so much to pack, we have to move across an entire city and you won't be working in July. So that's like for sure not much money to like make sure we hire movers if we need to because I'll be way too big to really be of much help and things like that and so I think my mind raced a lot from the very start and that anxiety or maybe like trauma from transitions beforehand caused me to create automatically a divide between us and I think that's something I realized that was not healthy for us and so yeah that's something I definitely reflected on for me personally the most difficult thing was definitely I also don't like being a planner with like stuff like this but because I feel like both of us are not the best planners with like moves and transitions I did feel like I had to put on that role and so I became a very um, sergeant like person I guess when it came to things and so when you and I did tried to come together and communicate a plan and I felt like we agreed on that plan together so for example okay today we're gonna pack this this and this break you know and I felt like okay okay we're working as a team we're communicating but then let's say I went to go play with Jaden while you did some packing but I came back and the packing you did which was like I wasn't able to really acknowledge the effort you did put in in that packing because I was like wait that's not what we talked about in our conversation right in our game plan together and I think each time those types of incidents would happen I would get confused with like one oh, I wonder what he's taking out of our communication game plan meetings. And then two, I think in general, I really value communication. So when I feel like there was constantly a mis disconnect in the takeaway of what our game plan was, I would be like, oh, do, are we not connected as husband and wife? Are we always going to not see eye to eye with transition type items? And so then that made me kind of go into a little like isolation hole. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's kind of obviously what I did. Yeah, I think the transitions lead to two styles really like coming through. And when the two styles are very different, because transition has is a lot of planning, there's a lot of like stress. And I think stylistically, we're very different in how we handle planning and how we handle stress and how we handle just like things that need to be done. Um, you're a lot more organized and a lot more thoughtful about things. And I just kind of in the moment see something and think, oh, like, I think I can work on that. That's something I can check off today. So ultimately, yeah, I mean, everything, everything is true. And I think for me, it really culminated, I guess the day of would be the biggest example, or maybe like the last the three days, yeah. the, the week the bits and pieces right because you're talking about maybe an afternoon where we 
wanted to get a certain amount of things done and if it didn't get done in the way we both kind of saw it it would cause conflict but this was like five straight days of constantly needing to get things done so that leads to like five straight days of conflict and i think when the conflict becomes that consistent i felt just like very like there were very few moments where i felt like a kind energy or from energy me. from me like i felt like my god like have 72 hours straight of just her being mean to me <laughs> to put it like in simple terms so when i feel that way when i feel like kind of this like big sense of unlove towards me it makes me really want to be like well f this i'm just gonna disconnect and you know it's on her to be nice to me again kind of thing so that was hard i mean the week before i think was one of the more difficult times i've had in in a while because of that so it's tough transition's hard there's just so much constant stress and right. unless two people respond to stress very similarly i think naturally that causes a ton of issues and i think this is like something in hindsight reflecting right because that week i also i mean i'm very grateful that people i guess i don't think about it to text friends when they are moving but i got a lot of texts within the week before we moved and when we arrived just like make sure you're not doing much you're a pregnant woman like you should be resting blah 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 and i think like it was weird for me to get those texts because it was not what i was doing i was doing a lot of like physical labor and physical work and i think there was a part of me that began to resent you about it but it's not like you made me do that right like I think that was a part of me and kind of things I shared in my uh, therapy reflection episode was like feeling like I always have to do and feeling like I always have to make sure I'm pulling my weight or getting things done because otherwise like where is my worth and I felt a lot of that in the move and wanting to be recognized almost for that effort of things that clearly I shouldn't be doing but I was so consumed with that feeling of like sacrifice that I was doing that I was also not able to see like you said the harsher words that were coming out of my mouth or like the unkind energy and warmth that wasn't present for those few days because it was such a tense time uh, physically for us but then also right like logistically since there were things that fell through like the movers weren't as independent as we expected so even the day of moving Matt had to help them a lot which meant I had to do a lot of other stuff on my end because we had like four hours to finish the entire house before we left. And so I think I was discouraged when we got to our new home and we started the foundation of like officially living at in our Dallas home with like a tired and tense relationship with each other. And then that got into my head and stuff. And so it definitely wasn't the best week for us starting here. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything clearly, but um, the fact that we're doing this episode together is even a miracle because it was a really tough transition. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we shift to the last part of this one, the what did we learn about each other? I think during that time, it was kind of more of what we already knew, but I think it, it just it, it reveals some like very clear, like big picture things that I think us we both need. It's something we've talked about like this is a huge issue when you talk to me this way like that's a huge issue that makes me feel like a 
piece of crap and i can't be in a marriage like that but for her it's this like giant feeling of i i feel like it's like a disrespect if we have a conversation and we together decide on okay like we should pack this room in this way and it's very clear cut and then two hours later i pack it differently right that's a huge hurt that's something that is for me to just disregard or forget or whatever term i want to use when i kind of like defend it later uh, right it's just th- these massive themes of when we're at our worst i think in either our actions or our words it comes up really strongly so i think since those became so clear it at least helped us learn to uh, accept or admit that we did those things so badly and something like identifiable to work on i think moving forward so that led to some really positive conversations where we were super vulnerable just about how like tremendously hard I think those five days or so were. It's still a work in process. I think it's been about a week since we've really been able to feel a normalcy in the tension that stirred or ignited in a very fiery way the last couple of weeks. But I'm, I am really grateful for how we have been able to come back on the same page and apologize to each other, repent to God too, of how we did treat each other and be excited still for Dallas, right? Yeah. Before we look forward to Dallas, just wanted to really honor the city of Houston and say goodbye well to the home we did have for four years, a home where Jaden was born and really grew into his personality that's so joyful at the age of two. And so I thought it'd be nice to reminisce a little about our time in the Bel Air Innsbruck Med Center area. So we can come up with three of each of these together just to pay homage. Yeah top three memories of our time in houston i think one of more broad because houston being the only place Jaden has lived comes with a lot of feelings mm. and memories you know two different like homes different life stages as an infant and then when we moved he was almost two and a half so so many different stages of life so i just can picture him in so many different settings whether it's napping on me or playing in the playground or his first experience in the pool all these things i just mm. will always have very special memories of Jaden, just houston being his first home yeah, I would definitely echo like if we had to be specific, then it would just be three Jaden memories. So one all encompassing would definitely be Jaden ending our time in Houston. One of our friend groups, we were going to have a goodbye gathering and they threw us a surprise baby sprinkle on that day. And I was so touched by the intention that some of my girlfriends um, put into making sure we left feeling loved and honored and being able to do like games because we love games and in there even asking questions that are kind of like the podcast of like, what type of fruit would you be? Or I don't know, different things about that, like that were very personalized that really touched me and then like getting our favorite food. And I know Daryl, shout out Daryl, he like hand peeled all the great fruit because that's something I would do a lot when we would hang out is do fr- cut fruits, but specifically do the hand-peeled grapefruit skins. And so I think just seeing those little things here and there were really touching to me and really made me realize how special these friendships were, even if sometimes Houston itself was a hard season for us as a family because of all the different transitions that were happening. That was a really top memory for me, especially because a baby sprinkle is kind of like for the mama. And so I was like, oh, like these are friends that are mine too. And that was a great way way to kind of have that reminder from God before we we left. 
Yeah, uh, Daryl definitely owed you anyways. Um, <laughs> I think a specific memory... Actually, we did like this photo shoot before we even moved to Houston when we were dating that we have a book. I think it was the first photo book we made of each other or that I made oh, of each yeah, other. Yeah. Like when we were dating when I lived in Dallas. Yeah, it was this colorful rope that was in... Was it Buffalo Bayou? I don't know. One I think of the, it was Buffalo Bayou. One of the Houston parks. That I don't actually think it's there anymore. I yeah. went looking for it once because I was gonna do like a recreation at one point when i was trying to do thoughtful date ideas and i couldn't find it but yeah like houston was a part of our relationship even kind of from the beginning so i thought that was cool like it wasn't just these last six years even though no, four years it was kind of from the beginning houston's had a role in us so yeah it's a special place top three regrets about houston well let's see one i mean so many of my closest friends were in houston and i feel like i barely saw a lot of them so i think that's a me thing i'm not good at i have like two huge priorities and then anything that doesn't fall on those two it's really hard for me to find the energy to pour into those which i wish i did better so between parenthood marriage and residency it was really easy for me to neglect the rest but there's so many opportunities to just have really good grounded relationships people that i could talk to about life and stuff and i think i I kept a lot of things to myself throughout the years because it was just easier that way i I just had a lot of relationship opportunities i think that i didn't take advantage of i think i would share with you in that regret in the sense that there are a lot of times i was like well matt should be making the effort with his friendships that i almost felt like i was too scared to do that myself too like or like like social anxiety or like oh I don't know kind of things and so when especially when you're busy your first and second years I kind of chose to be in a lonelier feeling of state rather than reaching out to those friends who you know by the end are these friends that threw us the baby sprinkle that were really personalizing and just like really special friendships that I am glad I took advantage of in the last two years of our time there but definitely wishing I wasn't so fearful of maybe my insecurities within what this group could have meant that I I didn't act upon it sooner. So I would agree with you. And, and like almost putting too much of that responsibly on you when that wasn't fair because you were going through residency, which was a very tiring stage of life as well. Yeah, I would include my family in it too. I mean, yeah, Jaden hung agree. out with Andrew and Esther a little while ago and had so much fun and it's so yeah. easy. And I don't know, they probably saw him like once every three months or something. So yeah, a lot of Houston had that offer, right? That no other place is going to, at least for some of my strongest relationships. So yeah. Um, am I allowed to say church? Yeah. Am I allowed to? Sure. Picking a different yeah. church. I think church was a regret. I think... I don't know, not to talk too specifically about the church side, but I think more so just the idea of a church that fit our stage of life and supported us in a way that we needed and at the same time would allow us to pour into the church to our capacity. The balance just wasn't good in the church that we went to. And I think that was a missed opportunity itself because the church is a place of safety that nowhere else can provide, but we didn't feel that there. So I think four years of feeling not fully safe in our faith body, I guess. I think we we could have been somewhere else that allowed us a little bit different experience. But yeah, it's, it's just hard to not think about what that could have added in our relationship, right? Supporting our marriage, supporting Jaden, those kinds of things. 
we're still very grateful for some of the relationships we were able to make. Yeah, sorry, that was, <laughs> there was there's positivity to yeah. it, but as but a, yeah, I agree as an entity. Yeah, I do think that's been helpful for us right now as we do transition to Dallas to take things slowly but also intentionally, and I and we can talk about that later and some things we're excited about here. I think a personal regret for me too was taking the Baylor job. I definitely think that affected my starting years in Houston because of like the boss toxic culture and all of those racial microaggressions and coming home and letting that kind of fester. Yeah, that actually probably be my third regret is you doing that. And then just imagine if you could have started Emerge from the beginning. I know. Yeah. That would have made Houston a very different experience. Yeah, that would definitely be like something I forgot since it was in the first two years, but something that really actually impacted my mental health from the start, which like we don't think about it, right? Because it's like work is money and salary and living and things like that. But you spend most of your day there and the messages you receive and the community and culture that's around you and surrounds you is so important. And so that was definitely really unhealthy for me. And then I definitely brought that home a lot and felt like those needs were not heard because you were so busy with your work, right? And then adding on the other stuff of like the community part, feeling kind of confused with that in the beginning years. I definitely see the foundation having not been very grounded in our first two years. Although I think the latter two years, maybe Jaden helps since he like makes you be a better person, right? Like children sometimes force that out of you, but I'm still really glad with all the those all of the friendships we were able to still cultivate yeah top three things i'll miss i'll say my relationships so family and friends my workout group which is also (laughs) friends but it's been good it's kept me in shape and oh my gosh i was just thinking of another one what was the third one daycare Jaden's great daycare opportunity i would say those same exact three because we say we're gonna make the list together workout okay i say daycare family and friends I guess my friendships are different from yours, so hopefully that's understood through that comment. And then I don't know what the third one would be. Tiger Noodle House? There's not many Houston-specific <laughs> things I think either of us are going to miss. I guess like it's actually all the child care things I figured out there. Like I had a group with like Second City and like going to places with Jaden and kind of going out of my comfort zone because I wanted to give him a good day every day so i i actually will miss parts of houston besides the weather i really enjoyed exploring it the latter half when we moved out of the med center because there was easier access to things once covid got a little less risky yeah um i will say that it is so rare to have a workout group of friends like matt has so i'm sure that's actually something i am going to be sad about because i think we'll talk more about this at another time but i've also learned body health is so important for many people but specifically for certain people and i think i'm realizing how important that is for matt to be in a sane body space aka working out you know and like being built or whatever and it's really cool to be able to share that type of priority or value with friends that you did have like mikey and chris and uh, actually it's like so many people and i think my sister was even like oh my gosh like this whole friend group is just like the buffest friend group ever or something like that which is true it's rare and so i am sad for you that you won't have that kind of community that you guys built yeah 
So something that I was really grateful for is that in the last three or four months since our last episode, we were actually able to partake in two marriage therapy sessions together. As you guys know, I do therapy on my own, but my therapist also right when you serve a client and if in part of my sessions was a lot of marital strife and so bringing in a spouse to help with um, your client's treatment plans is definitely something that was encouraged and so I was definitely grateful for a couple times that Matt was able to join and even in July he wasn't working so we made one work even though we don't have insurance so it's definitely not the insurance price however I do think it was worth it to pay full price, which is pretty pricey for things like therapy, because right, we want to think about the places we want to work on and continue to improve. And so I would definitely continue to encourage people listening, if you want to make the extra investment in things like this, it's definitely worth it if you put that heart into it. But how were those for you, Matt? If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp, the sponsor of this episode, is here for you. BetterHelp offers a broad range of over 20,000 licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Plus, you can get 10% off your first month with my code, betterhelp.com slash Kohler. With BetterHelp, you can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience, and all you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs before getting matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. As a mom constantly working around Jaden's toddler schedule, having my weekly therapy online has been a complete game changer and a huge reason why I have made big steps to better my mental health for myself and for my family. You can also request a new therapist anytime at no additional charge. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Don't forget to use my code to get that 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Kohler. That's betterhelp.com slash Kohler. They're good. I think just having a mediator is really important if it's someone that you like and connect with and Mm -hmm. uh, trust. If it's a bad mediator, that probably just makes things worse. They just help you open up more honestly because you're less scared about the other person reacting a certain way Mm -hmm. if you bring something up. Because when there's it's in therapy, it's like, oh, well, it's expected and there's someone to guide it. You can feel both safer saying things and receive things better. So yeah, honestly, I think it's a good idea for a lot of people. I'd like to say that I've only seen Matt tear up three times in our marriage relationship. I said I'll tear her up a few more times <laughs> at therapy session. Yeah. I think like it brings out, out those emotions, right? And I was really encouraged by that. Any takeaways or reflections you have from those two sessions that you would want to share, whether it's like a feeling, right? Because sometimes, and I don't want to stereotype just men, but it is scary to do therapy with your partner, right? Because so many of those, like you said, right, in our private times, those conversations can become reactive and turbulent. So you never know what those would look like in therapy. So what were some feelings you might have had from our sessions? For me, therapy is less scary because of what I said. If I say something and you get mad at me, you can't get mad at me. It's therapy. Like, how are you going to ask me to join you in therapy and get mad for something I say? So I actually felt less scared. I would be more scared saying something to you not in therapy. So I actually found it to be like a safe space, feeling space. So I like that. 
feeling. I felt like you really liked her. Yeah, I think she's honestly. You were like well, impressed. Well, so I'm a psychiatrist, so I do therapy, and I can tell when someone's good at what they do. Like, I don't think <laughs> I'm that great at it. Yes, the you therapy are. part of things. I think people I'm, have affirmed you. That's you, true. You've people told have me had good experiences really with you. you. But anyways, but maybe in comparison all, to this all that lady. to say, I just think she's really good. Mm. So as a professional and you know you can tell she's yeah. um like a good person too so there's a good relationship both ways but no you, you do feel more just like think think because you share more openly so that brings out more feelings i mean at the end yeah. of the day like there's not that many avenues where i share things very openly so naturally less opportunities for me to experience strong emotions so yeah, yeah it's good it, it also it's a area where i feel like you hear me yeah. more because I think naturally in therapy, you also let your defenses down a little. So I think you, I'm saying you broadly, not you and G, but like both of us and whoever is in therapy, you and can, you hear yourself. You can also receive messages a little better. How about you? What was your experience like? I was a little thrown off at our first one together only because right. She's my therapist. And then she, she was never like, defending you over me but i was like oh whoa i think i had said something and she was like okay well Angie, right now it's matt who's saying this way or something and like mm. i don't think he said it this way or whatever and i was like oh okay but i was i was happy he cre she created that safe space right and made sure if there was an interpretation that wasn't correct or something like you said she created that space for both of us even though i am technically her client it was not like that was the case to make it feel like she knows me better or something like that. So I really appreciated that from her because I think that helped you also feel like it wouldn't be like a two versus one, but a you and me and she's guiding. Yeah, there was, uh, there's actually at least two times I can remember where I said something and then you, re <laughs> you reacted I received, strongly. I interpreted yeah, it. Yeah, you interpreted it and then she said, uh i don't think matt actually said it that way i don't yeah, think matt like, actually okay actually okay said okay that. you right and then i was like oh i need you in my snarky? everyday conversations <laughs> one thing i also write is like how do we process and this is not healthier but I, I i think i'm both i internally process a lot and once i feel like i've processed emotions or feelings then i will externally process to whoever that might be right and share those reflections but I had always felt like you almost didn't do either. Like you didn't really internally process much. And you also didn't externally process much to me. And I know it's because we didn't have like a safe space too. Well, but I'm learning through therapy is like, and not just therapy, but sometimes we're in group settings and you'll say something and I will feel hurt because I'm like, you've never said that to me. Like, or I, it doesn't have to be about us. It's just like, oh yeah, I believe in blank, blank, blank. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know that. Like, there's a lot of things like that that surface up where as a Enneagram too, or as a relational person, I want to feel like you would tell me your not deepest, darkest secrets, but even just like thoughts, right? And so I think hearing you process in certain ways made me learn you are an external processor. And as much as I would hope I can be the one that creates that safety for you, I would like you to have more externally processing avenues because I think that's really helpful.
when I did my final program psychiatry evaluations with my program director, who is amazing, she told me that I don't speak very much, but when I do, the words I say are super valuable. They right. they held more meaning than like anyone else who was talking in the meetings. I agree with you. And but I, I don't externally process at all. When we've talked about it, you say you do. I, well, so rare, like with someone. That doesn't mean ex- you don't speak with people, but you do externally oh, process. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. not an internal processor for I don't know if I really understand the definition of internal external (laughs) processing. Isn't like how do you process information? Do you do it by yourself and like do you reflect it on it and process it on your own? It doesn't mean it has to be the correct process, but like when you're feeling something. That's which one? Internal, like kind of you do it on your own. Or external, like which I think you do is because you say all these things when you're with people that I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you thought about stuff like that or whatever it like kind of comes out enneagram nines i, I know like one is mm. also an external processor and i think that's a nine thing i don't even know what i am but i definitely do but not seen talk it. to other people very much yeah through therapy i've seen like it's really helpful for you i mean therapy brings out the best processing probably for a lot of people but i think in general right like we kind of share because community wasn't like super strong for us in Houston, even though like you had good friends, right? That's different from like accountable community in that sense. I do also feel like you weren't able to have those relationships sharing way that sometimes a wife can provide, but sometimes it's a group of brothers as well. So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Anything else we want to share about therapy, what we might've learned about each other or what was most helpful? No, I think just don't shy away from doing it. I think I've seen its value a ton, even just in a couple sessions in marriage. At the very least, if there is conflict that seems to be recurring over and over, I think it's there's probably not very many avenues that can help you understand each other better than doing it in a in kind of a session like that well now that we do feel a sense of excitement and togetherness here in dallas what are some things we might be looking forward to what are we still anxious about how do we feel like god might have already been moving in our time here well anxious about a bit second baby and anxious about Jaden doing daycare and anxious about yeah let's still work but a little bit now that it's coming up real soon and just anxious about actually when this episode airs it will have been matt's first uh, day so wish him luck yeah, or so we'll see check in on him on us on Jaden. and i think as a larger umbrella anxious about how all that stuff causes our right. interactions right because right this is this started off with with us talking about the moving transition which was the only like the first transition of the many transitions to come yeah but i'm looking forward to just setting up the home, making Dallas feel like home. I'm excited for work in the sense of getting my profession moving, helping people, I guess, in a way that is my, like, on me, like, a no more training, that kind of thing. And then kind of the provision that can provide in mm. affording the things that we've talked about. I'm looking forward to just getting the day-to-day settled so it feels partly routine and not just everything is this big new thing because um because that's a little anxiety provoking but yeah how about you i know dallas is um what about those things you said you're because i'm anxious about those as well and besides anxious about it because of how it could affect our marriage are there other reasons you're anxious about it or is that the main thing i think i'm anxious about how it's gonna affect my own time i already feel like i'm so strapped for time 
that I can barely fit in a few things that I really value, whether it is working out or even just a short time to to read a book or to like lay on a couch and not do anything for 30 minutes. I'm just worried that it's going to add more and I'm just going to feel less able to take care of myself well. So yeah, that on top of how it will affect our marriage, I think Mm. are big things. I know Dallas has a little bit different meaning to you it means a little bit different living here and moving here for you so how about you uh i think i am most anxious about Jaden in all of this wondering how it would actually affect him more than us because i stay up late at night even though i try to sleep just worried that it'll affect the way he feels loved or you know going to daycare whether it's physical sickness or being confused why he suddenly has to be there every day from like Hmm. Like you said, someday seven to five. I don't know, it just like makes me so scared and I want to like protect him from those feelings of things. But I also know that that's me projecting my own fears, right? Like I'm the one that would be scared of losing relationships or wondering why my parents might not be there. Things like that, which yeah. one, he's only two. So I know he, it's not going to affect him long term, but I know it's also like me just wanting to protect from a projection of my own heart rather than, yeah, so really having to trust God would be there over him and knowing God loves him more than we do, which is crazy, but true. I feel like a bad father because Jaden is very low on my list of things I worry about. <laughs> I worry about me and you and us. And even the second one, Jaden's probably like eighth on my list of worries. I think he'll do over, over working out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Over 30 minutes of nothingness? <laughs> yeah. I mean... I don't know. I I think that's also kind of a reflection of mom guilt, mom mental load, like what you just think about. Not that that's like shows uh, more this or that, but that's just like what fills my mind, right? This is disclaimer, not a comparison of love. This is just a what fills my mind because Jaden is like the first thing I think of when I wake up and the last thing, which is that's what my mind has been now programmed and trained to revolve around. Mm, that's interesting. I haven't really thought of that. Like what's the first thing I think of and the last thing? Mine's actually you. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a much uh, healthier, right? Well, like he wakes up. Yeah, first thing, first thing I think of is, I wonder how Unji slept last night. I, the first I, thing I think Jayden of is, is Jaden has of. to go pee, so I have to take off his pull-up pants, and yeah, then I have to be like, "Are you do you do you have to go pee pee whatever?" Like, "Oh, would you want to read this book?" Because we're potty training. Before it was, "Oh, he has to make sure he eats, and then I have to make sure I get this stuff ready, and then blah 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 blah." And then when he goes to sleep, that's good. I feel bad Jayden's now. My I feel, third thing. So you feel like a bad. You said eighth. <laughs> No, that I think of in the morning. What do you First think thing of? is, I wonder what time when you went to sleep. And then second <laughs> thing is, I wonder how her night went. And then third thing is, I wonder how Jaden is doing in the morning. It's fine. I don't think so you feel like worse. a bad father and I feel like a bad wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's interesting. That's good to know. See, like we didn't even know that kind of stuff. How do we feel like God is already moving? I think something I'm actually looking forward to, which is right, reconnecting with some of my really close friends or childhood friends or just that history that I had been longing for. I'm also really excited about how he has, I think also sent us here. I think something that I was a little worried about was also church, right? Because that was such a regret or a lower point. I was really excited because I had prayed a lot about this and um, a friend of mine, Hannah, who goes to a church in LA had mentioned her church was doing a church plant and I really liked that church in LA. And so 
that was like a year ago when she mentioned it. And I think as we were preparing for Dallas and when Dallas became official, I like looked up online, tried to like figure things out. And then I reached out to the pastor that is church planting. It sounds so random because he was like, how do I even know this person? And through that, we were able to connect. And I really felt like this would be a church that was also uh, supportive, not just of like things I might be looking for, but also what Matt might be looking for and super healthy for both of us together and not a place where it's like me just trying to find roots with like old friends but also starting new for us together as a community and so I'm really excited because we had a meeting with them when they were visiting and there was a lot of confirmations and stuff like that and I'm not like getting ahead of myself because I think I do that a lot I get so excited when something is kind of looks good and I want to like kind of put it all together and package it but I was excited because I do feel like the timing of this plan the timing of what we're looking for together went with seamlessness and I am excited for that as something that I feel like God has kind of set apart here and in that vision of what it looks like yeah I agree I don't have too much to add I forgot to say that but what you said is for me too Uh, We probably won't have another check-in until we're sleep-deprived in October. Mm -hmm. So what's ahead? You're starting your job next week or today when you're listening to this episode. We have settled in, and that's a huge shout-out to my sister who has... It will be living with us for a month and really made it possible for us to settle, organize, make life seem kind of somewhat normal, have Jaden transition good because he definitely misses Houston and his chingudur and Ava and Hanu and Lewis and everybody. We're about to have another baby and Jaden is going to daycare, like a lot of transitions. So kind of what we had shared, like what are some expectations we can communicate beforehand to make this transition smoother? I think there's a like a structure to the next couple months that can be done. So we just know we're thinking about things in the same way. I think that goes into more of my weaknesses of having a structured mind and not just kind of going with the flow and knowing things will work out. So yeah, I think emphasizing... But things work out because people make things work out. It doesn't just like snap it up and you know... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know the reason, but that's the reason. Somebody like whether it was your parents growing up or like something like something. It's not just like life is like oh yeah. Like well, some of it I just make it work. I mean, there's gonna be both sides, but I'm saying that when there's so many new things happening, right? I think more structure is the better way to go. So I think that can help, and that's stuff that you can communicate very objectively. Like Mm. this, by this time and this day. Like I think with all of these things, right? One of the things you mentioned was you're anxious you won't have time to work out, right? Which is important to you. Or you might not, like you will probably lose the 30 minutes to do nothing unless you make that a priority, right? And so even in those ways, like how do you think you would communicate that to me to figure out what that looks like for you. Obviously, we can't work out every single day for like an hour once we get a new baby, right? But how would you still try to figure out how to balance those things because that type of balance is important for you to continue thriving? Yeah, I guess just planning in advance, you know, making a schedule. (laughs) Planning in advance, what? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, things that uh, sound very unfamiliar to me. But something in therapy at the end, she like asked us to each share a need that we have from each other, like maybe a more emotional or like 
marital need that we have, mm-hmm. but also follow it up with a practical suggestion to meet that need, right? And one of the things I said was like to feel more led in our marriage, but one of that was as simple as like, I have this crazy spreadsheet that makes Matt feel overwhelmed. And just to preface, I didn't need those crazy spreadsheets when I was single because I remembered everything on my mind because my mind is wonderful. However, as a family and a child, like you forget things and you start to like realize how much more you need to add on your plate. And so I started having this spreadsheet that Matt would be like overwhelmed with, but I would also be hurt because I felt like he wouldn't look at this spreadsheet, which was what I felt was like some sort of order and structure to the busy schedules that we were all leading i think something for me is as simple as him also owning into that spreadsheet and realizing that that's not him doing my way of things but like this is how we know that we're a team and i need to know like if he made an appointment with something for Jaden, then i know he put it into the spreadsheet and then he let me know he already put it in and then told me when it was as well just so i have it in my mental but then that knows that like we're moving forward in stuff together. And I think that's really helpful for me. And it for some people that could seem so small, but like for some people that don't plan or not are not planners, like Matt naturally wasn't all his life, then that could be more of an effort that I need to help remind him with at the beginning. But once he gets into that habit, it'll be really helpful for us as a family. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think those are, good expectations <laughs> i don't know what else do you also not like talking a lot because when you talk you only want to mic drop like your no. pd said but not every sentence can be a mic drop no <laughs> so but sometimes there's not quiet till the mic sometimes drop there's not moments. that much more to say i think that's the good answer and the last thing i wanted to kind of like close us up with in terms of topic to talk about is i have obviously been really deep into enneagrams lately and I think we can finally officially announce that I'm an Enneagram 2. And Matt, is re- he has owned that he is an Enneagram 9. And I wanted to read a couple things about our Enneagrams that help us understand each other. Also, sneak peek in some future episodes, I have been learning more in depth about that. And so I'm going to like share little snippets of what the Enneagram could look like in like full deep dives. And so stay tuned for all of that, guys, in future podcast episodes to come. But what I wanted to read was two descriptions from each of our types and what resonates with us and our spouse as we read these type descriptions. So I'm going to start with me. Not only am I an Enneagram 2, but within each Enneagram, there are subtypes, a sexual one-on-one subtype, a social subtype, and a self-preserving subtype. And I can go into more depth about that later. But I am a social 2 subtype and what that means is and i read these on at enneagram and marriage which i would highly recommend it's specifically how to kind of think about the enneagram in marriage lens and i just enjoy listening to those so a social two subtype wants to bring healing to many and spends much time planning ways they and their partner can do this together the social two must learn to heed their spouse's boundaries so they don't evoke anger or brewing resentment which can create an unseen chasm between them This too also needs boundaries. A two-wing three, which is also what I am, in marriage often deeply feels the needs of their spouse, family, and friends and helps them whatever the cost. Two-wing threes balance their strong social style with their love, which make them highly desirable to many. Marriage with a two-wing three is energizing and vibrant. Two-wing threes often focus on the needs of others so intensely that they forget their own. Reminders of self-care and pulling back are very necessary in marriage. 
So when I read these two descriptions, which I believe are very spot on about me as Unji, how what resonates with you as my partner as you read this? Um, I think it describes your character well, right? You spend your time and energy kind of planning. You desire to heal people, to meet people's needs. Are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. why wouldn't I? That's like literally the description. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think like the action part of it, when you're not feeling great about like yourself or the things around you, those things can become more like tedious or more draining to you. It's like all the stuff that requires you to be like thoughtful for other people and to put other people first and to put yourself second and focusing on others' needs so intensely. I think those can become actually a detriment to you when you're not feeling well because you feel that pressure to such an extreme that when a it takes away from you being able to take care of yourself but b if you like are trying so hard <laughs> she's laughing as i farted it's a very immature i don't know if that's a two thing but what i was gonna say is yeah so a it takes away your ability to care for yourself but b if you feel like you're trying to do all these things for other people but it's not working then you just blame yourself and it's spirals kind of out of control sometimes so that's how i see it i'm surprised the word boundaries didn't stick out to you oh yeah yeah i've talked a lot about boundaries you're not very good at setting boundaries oh yeah yeah yeah. but that kind of goes with the other things i'm saying i think when you're not in the healthiest place your boundaries aren't that existent right and then these actions become almost negative things these like positive actions become negative to you Mm. yeah for me, what resonated with when I read my own as well were things like I need boundaries and it's quite interesting kind of what sticks out, right? Like I agree with those things of like I've always wanted to bring healing to many. I've always wanted to bring this vibrant energy wherever I am. And I think what I read here is like they want to bring this now with them and their partner together, right? So like there's this really strong desire that I need you to do this with me. And I think when I don't feel that reciprocation of excitement, like you said, it does like make me feel sad. Like, oh, like my partner doesn't want to do this. What, what? Why not? Or something like that. And and I'm learning like things like what, right? Like physical health is important to you. Certain things for you are important to you, but they're not important to me. But I think like, oh, but but the way I, my mind works is like we're going to bring so much healing or bring so much growth for a greater good that why not this way? And I forget to heed to your boundaries. And I think that's what has caused a lot of the anger or resentment that I kind of saw from this description. And so it's really helpful for me to learn like me as a single social two versus me as a married social two. The last thing on the second description, reminders of self-care and pulling back are very necessary in marriage. That's something maybe I could afford not to do when I was by myself, especially because I was a healthy single person. But now as an unhealthy married person, right, it's so important not to just think those things are the selfless things, which if not done well, they're not selfless at all. They're actually quite selfish. And so really thinking about what, is important in our marriage and what is the actual needs versus what I want for this like social community bonding experience type of stuff. Anything else before I go to yours? No. Should I read mine? I can read it. Oh yeah. That's a practice. Oh, look at you already. Know <laughs> okay. Well, go. So I'm a self-preserving nine. Apparently that's a subtype. You, you I, really agreed. I agree with you. I'm not going to have much to say about these two because I agree with nearly every word except maybe like one line that I don't really understand. 
The self-preserving nine subtype loves to take care of themselves as well as to be thought of by their spouse. They truly want to protect the needs and emotions of their spouses and family also. Not wanting to cause anyone else hurt, they often don't ask for much from others in their families but take care of themselves quite comfortably. Sometimes since the SP9 reaches in and not out for support, they miss the opportunity to be vulnerable and to lean in with their needs. They may leave a relationship too early altogether if they don't allow the discomfort of asserting themselves and waiting for their spouse to learn from the nine's healthy and strong engagement that offers voice to both parties. Nine wing eights, I'm um, also a nine, yeah. nine wing eight. Nine wing eights are strong, peaceful, and thoughtful of others. In marriage, the nine wing eight needs time to withdraw to themselves as a balance between fun and routine. A daily routine that includes an emotional outlet is necessary for them for emotional regulation. Nine wing eights need to have productivity and body movement throughout their day to digest felt injustices and to awaken their personal power. What do you think of that? I think subtypes are really interesting and I'm excited to kind of talk more about that in a different episode. But I think reading this is like such stark differences in certain ways between us. So some things that stuck out to me as you read this was that you often don't ask for much from others and take care of themselves comfortably. That stuck out and they miss the opportunity to be vulnerable and lean in with their needs. So those things stuck out, I think, because one... Right, this is when something that could seem selfless in the mind of a two is actually selfish. I love being there for people's needs, right? And I want to, like when Matt is sick, like he won't even tell me he feels incredibly sick. He'll just kind of like cough and like die on his own and then come back. And like, he'll be like, oh yeah, this is the worst I've ever felt in my life. And like (laughs) in that, right, like it makes so much sense. He just takes care of himself. What's the point of like telling me even, I guess, as a mom who has to take care of Jaden during that time. But part of me is like, I didn't even know you were sick. I want to empathize in that feeling of sickness or like I want to empathize in certain things. I don't know. That's like my personality, but he is very good at just like kind of taking care of himself in those ways. And so it's quite interesting that even in that, there's like this feeling of disconnect that comes from me. That's not even fair. But it's just something that I wish he would be like, oh, Unji, I'm sick and like lay on my head while he rests even at night. And then the vulnerable thing is also right. Like I am like, unfortunately, like one of the queens of vulnerability. And I kind of want that from my partner. If you read and when you read mine, like that's I feel like vulnerability is a great tool to bring out greater healing in like the greater groups or whatever, which was a social two thing. And so it does make me feel sad when I don't feel even in our relationship there is a vulnerability, but I have to understand that that's something maybe you're not as comfortable with that I have been more comfortable with, right? And rather than have these resentment feelings that, oh, my partner doesn't feel safe to be vulnerable with me, like having even a way to continue to encourage that, but not like impatiently, but solely for I don't know if that makes sense. But those things stuck out in the first one. And then for the wings, I think I read about the body movement stuff in the past. So that's something I really try to prioritize for you. Because for me, I'm like, I think body is important, but you think it's really important. I think you even mentioned it one time to me, like in when we were preparing for marriage, like you think physical health and like other or mental, like all these other health is important, but body health was also an important thing. I was like, how how interesting that you brought that up. But I do think a self-preserving nine is actually really important important for them to have the body health and I think that stuck out and something I have been trying to do oh the withdrawing I think even when you shared that one of the things you're anxious about is not having like 30 minutes to do nothing like for me I'm like what like even today I read a book 
And the whole time I read the book, I felt guilty that I was reading a book. I was like, I could be doing more, but my body is really tired because I'm in my third trimester. So I read a book while you guys are playing with Jaden. And the whole time I felt like I couldn't go read a book in a different room because I felt like I had to be there. And I don't know why. And that's not healthy at all. And there's this guilt in that. So I think sometimes when you need the opposite, right, which is like 30 minutes to yourself, because that's just what you need. I can't seem to understand that, but that doesn't make that wrong. Yeah, that's okay. I can combine that with the working out part. I don't need I don't need both. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So those can go together. Well, that's helpful to know. I thought that had to be different. No, okay. that's what working out accomplishes So when you too. read it, as in now externally processing out loud, how did you feel? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very accurate, which is cool. Just reading like the thing that feels a lot like me. I mean, I think like avoiding conflict and comfort, not just to myself, but like other people mm-hmm. is important. So that's why like... Oh, yeah. Remember that one example? Which one? The Facebook marketplace and the table. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I listed this table, which I (laughs) wish I would have sold this table. Now we just have it sitting in our garage. (laughs) But we wanted to sell this old table. Because it didn't fit in the U-Haul. So we agreed to list it for 200 with the ability to negotiate lower. But then Unji... No, actually, before that, yeah. I was having trouble selling on 200, so I just dropped it down to 180, which is very seemed very reasonable to me. And then later, after I did that, NG told me that she no longer wanted to sell the table unless it was at least 200. So she was pretty firm in that. Well, she, I didn't know that you dropped it. She, I was just thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, she didn't I said, know. I don't think it's worth it to sell it. Yeah, so I didn't tell her. I heard that, and I had already dropped it to 180, so I couldn't like undrop it. And she was pretty clear that she didn't want to sell it for under 200 anymore. So, but I, I ended up, I didn't tell her I dropped it to 180 because in my head, I was like, well, if I tell her that, I think there's a chance that she's going to get mad at me. And I would rather just not share this to ensure that she can't get angry at me because she won't know. So, but, but you also did, you were like, okay, well, what if we try to like later, like the next day or something? Oh yeah. You were like, like okay, and she like, what do you want to sell it at? And I was confused. I was like, I want to sell it at 200. I thought I already said that. And you were like, well, like what if they want to negotiate? Can we, can we set a negotiating uh, yeah, price? Cause he was, Matt was trying to say 150 another time, like earlier. I was like, I think 150 is just way too low. Like we can try to figure it out later. And he goes, well, what about 180 then? And I was yeah. like, Ugh, fine. If you really feel like we have to negotiate it to 180, then that's fine. But I don't want to go much lower. Yeah, because I anticipated, so oh, hopefully I can sell for 180 and then I can just Because you done already with changed, it. okay. Yeah, so then later... You were talking to a potential buyer. Yeah, yeah, so I just showed her the post. I think she has to see the post. Because I so was I like, oh, to, I want to see what the picture looked like. Yeah, yeah, so I showed it to her and then that led to a big fight because, you know... On the listing, it yeah, said beca- 200 and crossed out and it, it said like 180. A, yeah, it was like a, a, a lie, I guess. Which, which, I mean, Not only was it a lie, you also tried to manipulate it the next day by, yeah. by making it seem like we came to that agreement together yeah to i mean it was a bad idea not to but i just wanted to not have her get angry at me on the front end so i i was so, i made the wrong decision but, but that's in how that my situation i was like why like i felt so betrayed i was like how could you lie to me like how could you manipulate the situation and make me think it was 180 like that we agreed on 180 but you only made me think we thought 180 because you already did 180 but he did all of this because he wanted to, he said, he was like, I just wanted to avoid conflict. And even though like in this situation, not all situations, but in this situation, 
he should have told me the truth from the start. I was like, one, maybe I didn't create an emotional safe space for him to feel comfortable to do so. Like that's always something that's there. But two, he really likes to avoid conflict. I was like, this this man is for sure a nine now, you know? But I think that's helpful because even though I can't seem to understand because on the flip side, as a two, I would hate to be lied to and betrayed feeling like that, right? right? Betrayed is a hard word, harsh word, but like feeling like that, like a dis an authentic situation, unauthentic. I really finally realized more of Matt's and of like harmony and peace is so important. And we had already had so many like little tits and tats of moving on the way that he wanted to not make that happen again. Unfortunately, it happened even bigger, but we got to, we got over it quite quickly. Yeah, it was, it was like a, and I would say it was like it was a pretty helpful. intense thing, mm-hmm. but it didn't last that long, which is yeah. good. Sometimes those last a while. But that was a great kind of like an interesting situation that I think reflects our Enneagrams in a in a sense. Yeah, I think ultimately, right, a big summary of this is just like I don't want to be hurt and I don't want to hurt other people. And more than anything, right, like the a marriage is where most of the stuff comes out or most frequently because naturally you're with the person like all the time and you see each other much more intimately. So I think I think in a very nutshell, I just don't want her to get angry at me, which and it happens a lot. So so I think the conflict on both sides, right? I want to feel safe and I want to feel the people I love feel safe mm-hmm. so i i, I think right, in general it but doesn't always the takeaway is in that situation i would not feel safe anymore right because you're a two no not because i'm a two <laughs> because you lie <laughs> more than just a two would maybe feel lied to i mean really? i think if someone did that to me i wouldn't feel <laughs> sad about it because i'm a nine is that a two nine thing i don't know we can ask other nines later because Maybe they wouldn't have felt as hurt to like an extreme, but I don't think people would think that. You if think they it's a me thing? This, I would have felt zero, zero hurt if the tables were turned. I'm not saying I did it like right. Like if I was you knew wrong. that I manipulated a conversation, I literally made you think that we yeah. agreed to 180. I don't think I would have cared. <laughs> Might just be a me That's thing. That's interesting. Yeah, I would love to know if other nines wouldn't care because yeah that's a good uh community question like i think if it was maybe just the you changed it but that's the end of it right like you just didn't want to tell me you changed it to 180 maybe i would have been like okay fine like that's annoying i don't like that but fine but the fact that you manipulated a conversation i think that's but the reason why i think it might be nine thing is because i would have understood yeah like (laughs) i think they would have I think nines understand as they listen right now, but I don't think they would only think twos are the only ones that would oh, get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Honestly, said, I don't know You just Enneagrams. said, because you're a two. Like, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was a stretch. I don't really that's know That's making it seem like only well. twos would be... Yeah, that's not what I meant. Oh, I meant more that nines I wouldn't care. understand more, maybe. Yeah, I, I would have been like, oh, that makes sense to me. No big deal. <laughs> that someone yeah. tried to make you think one way that's not the yeah. way. I think so. How interesting. <laughs> See, it's so interesting. The one I hear that I don't really get is the last they one. may leave a relationship too early altogether if they don't allow the discomfort of asserting themselves and waiting for their spouse to learn from the nines. Healthy and strong engagement that offers voice, voice of both parties. Well, a, that sounds like a run-on sentence. And B, I think that's I think kind of the about- opposite because mm-hmm. they may leave a relationship too early if they don't allow the discomfort. To me, I would stay in a relationship too long because I want to avoid the conflict of leaving a relationship. Oh, that sounds like another nine I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
right yeah. actually yeah so that's why i didn't really get that last sentence but other than that i i identify with the rest of it interesting okay anyways i'm excited to bring more dynamics i hope to bring some other couples about their enneagrams to kind of just hear different thoughts on stuff i thought this was kind of fun any strengths you want to conclude our marriage with we both try really hard in our own way to support our family and our marriage and our son. We just have to kind of merge those to work with each other. But no, but I, I do think that's strange. I think not every marriage has two people that are like equally yoked in truly doing what they can, even if it doesn't always come out right, right? But I have no doubt in my mind that like you put all your energy and effort and mental capacity to mm. try and do like the right thing for Jaden and for our family and i'm pretty sure you feel the same way about me so i think not having a doubt that like right sometimes one person's more removed and one person is a little less like engaged or something like i feel like is a strength that we're both very uh, passionate about doing that well we just haven't for each other necessarily so i think that's a strength Oh, I also forgot. I believe you have such a very good, steadfast, and peaceful presence. So I think that's very appreciated because I know I can get emotionally unstable at times, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are our strengths, though? I do think, like, when we are at our healthiest, and I think that's what I'm excited about because there are opportunities to grow together here and hopefully be committed to accountable community as well not just each other even though that's important i think we do need to cultivate those anyways but i think that we would be a couple that really does could exude like warmth and hospitality and love i think we just need to feel that from each other and i think that's what we are starting to understand and i think taking efforts to do that whether it be that i appreciate you doing therapy with me a couple of times and being fully present and as vulnerable as you've probably ever been has been really encouraging for me. And then also things like always trying to make an effort, knowing that quits is not the answer, even if the feeling of quits could be desired. Yeah. And so I'm grateful that after Jaden goes down like 10 to 15 minutes of just talking about the day before we can zone out with Netflix or zone out with other work that we have to catch up on and to be on the same page in those ways has been really helpful. And I hope we can just continue to communicate those things with each other. Yeah. Okay. We're going to close it out and no fruit. Do you want to do any fruits or no? No. <laughs> Fine. Wait, what's like, what fruit are you? Fruit. Like maybe you say a fruit of me. What fruit are you? Yeah. You can go first if you have one. I don't have so one. That think. was, um, if I were to describe Matt in a fruit that is not a banana for eight, eight. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to pick something like, oh, maybe like a, like a white peach. Yeah, those are firm. Like, I think white peaches have this like peaceful vibe. Like when I see a white peach, I'm like, mm, I want a white peach. And some, sometimes, I think when you bite into them, they're always good and um they're pretty and they got good butt they're like oh they're the butt emoji you got a nice mm. butt that's true. true and they're kind of like whitish but asian like it's a i feel like i don't think it's an it's not an asian fruit but i know like yeah, a asian lot of asian households love white peaches and that was not something i think a lot of non that wasn't something yeah that's so, good works on a lot of layers yeah but sometimes they're not always good either like they're not always in season and i feel like 
you have to be in season. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand that one, but kind of like okay. what your PD said, like when you're in season, you drop the mic, but other times you're just kind of like ripening for that moment. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, I really like my answer. Okay, go. Uh, I think you're a mango. Cause I think when a mango is like at its best, it's like the best fruit. And I think <laughs> you're like really, right. I think like you're the most, one of the most fun people, kind of the life of the party. You, an awkward just life. like people like everyone likes being around you when you're the best mango <laughs> but if you get like a little too ripe ripe is still good it's the it's yeah, the but, green ones or whatever yeah but if it's right if there's too much happening and yeah it gets like you know like way too mushy or something then it's really hard to do anything with that mango <laughs> like you just <laughs> kind of gotta get rid of it and find a new mango <laughs> So, oh, interesting. So not get rid of you, but wait for you to leave that stage and uh, turn like, back are you talking into about a good mango. When I feel mango. emotionally yeah, when unavailable, you, <laughs> you got to wait for me to come back. Yeah. Like, you know, you can be impossible to be around in those moments. <laughs> so like, just like those mangoes are impossible to eat. <laughs> you have to wait for the right, for the, the good one. <laughs> okay. We're going to do a quick game. We're going to do a the alphabet because Jaden loves the alphabet and we're going to think of the first boy name we think of for each letter of the alphabet and that is the only list we can pick our second child from. I don't know if I want to be that restrictive. Alvin, Brad, Caleb, Draymond, <laughs> Alfred, Frank, oh, I can't think of a single G, um, Gary, Henry, Isaac, Josiah, I didn't say Jaden on purpose, um, Kelvin, Leon, Matt, um, Nate, oh my gosh, um, Obi, <laughs> Prince, Quinn, Ryan, Stephen, Tanner, um, you, 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 Usain. No, I have to think of yeah. it. U Uriah, uh, V, Vin, uh, Walter, Xavier, Yaman, and uh, Zephaniah. Wow. Okay. Can you come up with them? Okay. Uh, okay I guess I, maybe... I was doing it literally the first name that came ahead of each letter, okay. as you could tell. Maybe if they overlap, so and that's the name. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. All right, go. Ready? Albus, Boris, Chad, David, <laughs> Ezekiel, Frank, Gerardo, <laughs> um, Hoyt, <laughs> Ignatius, oh Jackson, Caden with a K, Leonardo, Mason, Novacic, <laughs> Orion, Peyton, Quaris, oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Russell, <laughs> Samuel, Theodore, Urin. That's not a name. <laughs> Umbrella. That's not a name. Um, Umbert. Okay. <laughs> Vladimir, Winston, Exxon, it's <laughs> not a name. Ex Ex Xavier. Oh my gosh, that's our sensei. <laughs> Yo. Nope. Yemen and Zacchaeus. Morris, <laughs> you have a lot of Russian names. I feel like you really want a foreign baby. I think the three we overlapped. We had overlaps? So we had Frank. Oh, you said Frank? Uh-huh. We had Yemen and we oh, had. You said Yemen? Uh huh. And I we had, said Yemen. Xavier. <laughs> so Frank, Xavier. <laughs> and Yemen. I would have done your D, but you said Draymond. What did I say, David? Okay. 
Okay, well, we'll let you know when we have picked one of these names. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to another episode of Matt and Unji checking in. Uh, we hope that this helps just even in listening, but also real talk of marriage. Marriage can be an amazing time and really a sweet reminder of companionship, but it's also friggin' hard work, and we need to do that work daily. And so hopefully... We're excited for what Dallas can bring, and we hope you guys are also excited for where you can go on to next. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Kohler Commentary. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate it five stars and subscribe so you never have to miss another. Go to at Kohler Commentary to comment your key takeaways and share what you want to hear about next. I would love to hear more from you on the topics you want to listen to. Thank you for being a part of this community. Bye.